Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Colossians chapter number four is where we're going to be this morning. And uh, today, I want us to look at uh, really the final instruction that Paul gives this church. Um, he's given a lot of information uh, to them, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. But this is really verses two through six is what we're going to focus on today, is the way that Paul ends his instruction to the Colossian church. And so I want us to look at verse number two, and we'll look through verse number six this morning. And we're going to basically go through uh, just word for word what, what he's trying to show us here and instruct us um, here um, in this passage of scripture. Colossians chapter four and verse number two, the Bible says this, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. So today, like I said, I want to speak on Paul's final instruction to this church in Colossae. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We are so thankful that we can come and sing of your goodness. God, you truly have been so good to us. All our life, you have been faithful. Uh, God, all our life, you've been so, so good. God, we, as we humble ourselves before you this morning, we ask that you would speak to our hearts today through your word. As Paul gives this final instruction here to this church, God, it is also an instruction much needed by Fellowship Baptist Church. God, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and convict us where we need that conviction in our life. God, that you would challenge us in some areas this morning where where you see fit, where we need to be challenged in our Christian life. God, we ultimately want you to be honored, uplifted, glorified this morning. And as Pastor Josh uh, prayed this morning that, God, when we leave, we'll have a, a, a bigger view of who you are. Lord, help us. God, I need you this morning. I pray that you would just fill me with your spirit and give me the words to say that it might be a help to your people this morning. We love you, Father. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We find here, this is really the last piece of advice that Paul gives to this church. Again, these, these are people that Paul, remember, has never met. Uh, he, he found out about them and, and, and Epaphras, their pastor, gave them, uh, really uh, gave Paul his burden and shared his burden uh, uh, of this church. And so Paul takes this burden of Epaphras and he begins to write um, uh, the things that were burdening uh, Epaphras and he begins to write and pins those words to help these believers in Colossians. In verses in, and we find in verses two and three, he really deals with our private life, our communication with God. In verses four through six, he deals with our 
public life. And let me just say this, if your private life and your public life do not match, then we're living a hypocritical life, right? Our private life should match our public life. The way we act in, in, in our private time should be the way we act in our public time. Listen, understand that make sure your private life is characterized by your communication with God. Make sure your private life is characterized by your communication with God and make sure your public life is characterized by a love and a heart for people. So he begins to deal with these things. And as we, as we kind of give you a little bit of a background, Paul, once again, in chapters one and two, he, he paints this beautiful picture of who Christ is to these believers. Uh, he is to have the preeminence, amen? In, in everything that we do, in everything that we say, he is to have the preeminence. He is the, the head of the church. Um, but then he goes on in chapter number three and he, he tells them who they are in Christ. Not only is Christ who he is, but, but who are we in Christ? We are raised with Christ, amen? As we'll be talking about the resurrection next week. We are raised with him. We are dead to sin. We died with Christ to sin. And, and now we are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we are now to put off the old man and put on the new. And he shares that in chapter, chapter number three. And then when we come to chapter number four, he then tells them because of who Christ is and who they are in him, they should redeem the time that they have. Amen? They should redeem the time that they have here left on this earth. And let me ask you, let me just say this this morning. If you are here today and you are in Christ and he is in you, then you have a purpose. You have a purpose in your life. God has given us a specific purpose in this Christian life. And understand today that he has a plan to fulfill that purpose. And we must be searching and we must be redeeming the time that we have left on this earth to fulfill that purpose that he has given us. And so as we look at these final instructions from Paul to this church, let it be some instruction that we take to heart this morning. The first thing that we see here that Paul gives them is he says, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. Church, I, I, I fear that we do not value prayer like we should. We don't. We don't value that, 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 that source of power that we have. But, but what does he say here? He says in verse number two, he says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. That word continue, it means to devote. Devote to prayer to communicate with God. You know, prayer, what it does is it shows our dependence on God. If we live our lives without being in communication with God, then we are trying to live our lives in our own strength. We are depending on ourselves. If we do not continue a life of prayer, then we're continuing on, uh, we're, we're, we're depending on ourselves. And when we depend on ourselves, we know what happens, right? We fall, we fail. We must continue in prayer and must continue to depend on Him. Devote yourself to depend on God as we redeem the time that we have left. 
You see, prayer is not a spiritual luxury. Prayer is not a spiritual luxury. It is an essential part for Christian growth. Oswald Chambers said this, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. We are to continue in prayer. Samuel Chadwick said, the devil laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Because prayer turns ordinary mortals into men of power. It brings fire. It brings rain. It brings life. It brings God. There is no power like that of prevailing prayer. And let me say, church, let me encourage you and instruct you this morning that as Paul says to this church, we must devote ourselves to depending on God. You want to see fire fall from heaven? Then live a life of prayer. You want to see God work in and through your life? You want to fulfill the purpose that God has for you and your life? Then devote yourself to prayer. Continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. But he goes on to say, watch in the same. That word watch means to be alert, to be awake, be aware of who you're talking to. Have you ever prayed uh, before, maybe before you go to bed and you're praying and you're praying to God, God and you're, you're tired and all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, I, I was just praying. I was just praying to who? I was talking to God. Listen, when we pray, we are to pray awake, alert, vigilant prayer. Prayer that means something. Lightfoot said this, long continuance in prayer is apt to produce listlessness. Hence, the additional charge that the heart must be awake if the prayer is to have any value. When we pray and when we devote ourselves to pray, make sure we're alert and we're awake. We're vigilant. We find that Jesus, when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he told his disciples to pray. You know the story. And he comes to Peter, Simon Peter, in Mark chapter 14 and verses 37 and 38. And he findeth, the Bible says, and he, and he findeth them sleeping. And saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Church, listen, we cannot make it in this Christian life if we live in the flesh because the flesh is weak. We must devote ourselves to prayer. Watch in it. Be vigilant in prayer. Depending on God. But then he goes on to say, with thanksgiving, there in verse number two, with Thanksgiving. Paul says, pray knowing who you're talking to and be thankful when you pray. Church, listen, I don't know why prayer is such a hard thing for us because we should desire to pray. For the very reason to thank God for who he is. To thank him for sending his son to die for us to be the propitiation for our sin. Listen, when we pray, we should pray and go to God with thanksgiving because of how good he is to us. Listen, does the gospel mean something to you? Does it mean something to you, church? 
Does Jesus mean something to you? Be thankful for it. Continue in prayer. Watch therein with thanksgiving. The Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. When we pray, you know what we're doing? We're entering into his presence. And when we enter into his presence, we are to do it with thanksgiving and with praise and with adoration to God for how great he is to us. Church, we need to start being people of prayer. Continue in prayer with thanksgiving. Depend on God. Be aware of who you're talking to. It's the the creator of the universe. And be thankful that he listens. So he tells them, hey, in this final instruction that I want to give you is those of you who are in Christ, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. But then number two, he says, be mission focused. I think he took it from our core values, right? That was a joke. Man, you all are just tired today. Be mission focused. Listen, look, I want us to look at, look at verse number three. He says this, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Not only does he say to, to just pray and to continue in prayer, but he also tells us to be specific in our prayer. When we pray, we pray with our mission in mind, with the mission of the church in mind, the, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, with all, praying also for us. Let me say this, intercessory prayer is an opportunity for all believers to be focused on the mission. We all need to be praying that God would give our brothers and sisters in Christ opportunities of utterance, doors and windows to give the gospel to one another. If you're scared and you don't, and you don't want to talk, then talk to people. Listen, God will help you with that and he'll give you the boldness, but also you can pray for others. You understand that this mission that we're on is teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? And we are to be working together through prayer, praying with us all, praying that God would give us the opportunities. Listen, we can be focused on the mission of spreading the gospel by praying for doors to be open for others. Listen, as, as we have, what a wonderful time that this message has come because we have a wonderful opportunity this week to tell others about Jesus Christ. You know what we need to do each and every day this week is pray that God would give us and each other doors of opportunity. Because I don't know about you, but I want to see people saved. I want to see that we have a a, a baptismal. People follow the Lord Jesus Christ in believer's baptism. I want to see that. And I believe some of the reason, most of the reason of why we're not seeing that here at Fellowship Baptist Church is because we're not praying for those opportunities. 
We're not praying for it. He says, pray for us all. Why? That God would open unto us a door of utterance. Paul is saying intercessory prayer opens doors for the gospel. Prayer is essential for the spread of the gospel. Prayer is essential for the spread of the gospel. Prayer is essential for the spread of the gospel. Ephesians 6 verses 19 through 20 says this, and for me, Paul says, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You see, Paul knew that God could open the door to share the gospel no matter where he was. No matter what circumstance he found himself in. And you know what we do a lot of times is we use our circumstances to to make an excuse of why we don't share the gospel. While that circumstance might be there, be placed there to be a door of opportunity for you. He says, give, pray for me that I would have the opportunity to share the gospel no matter where I am. In his letter to the Philippians, Paul speaks of those who received Christ while in prison. While he was under house arrest, he shares that there is power in praying for open doors. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 22, he says, all the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. Listen, because people were praying for those opportunities for Paul to share the gospel, he was getting those opportunities and he was taking those opportunities and people were being saved. Pray for people to be saved. Pray for the doors of opportunity to be opened for your brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, Paul was behind prison doors at the moment, but he was still preaching the gospel effectively. He says, not only does he say that we are to pray for these doors of opportunities, but look what he says in verse number three, to speak the mystery of Christ. Not only do we we ask God to open up these doors of opportunity, but we also must speak the mystery of Christ. Mystery means something that was previously unknown that has been revealed. What's Paul saying here? Paul is saying that we need to convey the gospel to those who have not heard it. Paul is saying here, Paul desired that the secret of Jesus Christ would get out to others. And you know what the thing is, is we know the secret. Do you know the secret? Do you know the way, the the truth and the life? Jesus Christ, we know the secret, but we hold on to the secret. No, this is just for me and my church. This is just for me and my friends. Paul says, no, I want to speak the mystery to the Gentiles, to those who have never heard, to those who are searching for hope, who need hope, who need life. And we know who is the hope that they need. We know the life that they need. We know the way to God. Speak the mystery of Christ. Church, we must be devoted to prayer, but we also must must be mission-focused. Speaking the mystery of Christ, 
I love this next part. Look at verse number three. He says, with all praying also for us that God would open to, unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. But watch what he says, for which I am also in bonds. This just really stuck. It, it jumped out to me when I read this. And I've read this many times, but just God was speaking to my heart about this. Now we understand that Paul, what is he speaking of? He's talking about because he spoke the mystery of Christ, he's in prison, right? That's what he means. Because he spoke of, of the mystery of Christ, he is in prison. But if you read the word of God, Paul never says, I am a prisoner of the Romans. Paul always says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I am an ambassador of the gospel in bonds. You understand that Paul was chained and he was a prisoner to the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter where we are or what our circumstances look like, we must remain faithful to the gospel message. Paul is in prison here. Why? Because he was preaching the gospel. But then he asked others to pray for him that he would have more opportunities to speak the gospel. The very reason for why he was in prison, he desires to do it more. Why? Because he wasn't a prisoner of the Romans. He was a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He was a prisoner to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had no intention of giving up his ministry. He had no intention of changing his message. Why? Because he was in chains to the gospel. You understand when, when you got saved, Christ freed you from the bonds of sin? When you and I got saved, Christ freed us from the bonds of sin. But at some point in your life, Christian, you must allow Christ to chain you up in the bonds of the gospel. At some point in your life, every one of us should trade being a prisoner of sin to being a prisoner of hope. Church, it is my heart, it is my desire as Paul was focused on the mission. Why was he focused on the mission? Because he was bound to it. He was bound to the mission. He was bound to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my prayer is this morning is that I would be a prisoner of the gospel, that the gospel would grip my heart so much that all I could worry about is spreading the gospel, living the gospel. Paul says, I am a prisoner in chains to the gospel. Let me encourage you, church, to allow the gospel to take deep root in your heart. Why? Here, here's here, verse number four. This is why. That I may make it manifest. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. That word make manifest means speak the gospel in a way that others would understand. You know what? I, I, love my, I love my wife, right? All of us men should love our wife. I love my wife. And you know what? It's easy for me to make my manifest, my, my love for my wife manifest to others. I can tell others that I love my wife. I, there's no problem with me up here saying that I love my wife. I'm not shy about it. I'll tell anyone and, and everyone who I run into, I love my wife. I love my kids. 
And listen, when the gospel means so much to you and your heart is enchained to the gospel, it's bound to the gospel, you'll have no problem making it manifest to others. When it means something to you. He says, let me make that I may make it manifest. But then he says this, as I ought to speak. That word ought means necessity. It means obligation. Paul says, making the gospel known to the world is a necessity, believer. We ought to speak. It is a necessity for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul was obligated to do so because he was chained to the gospel. Church, Paul gives this instruction. He says, listen, church, devote yourself to prayer. Stay in communication with God. Depend on God. Be mission focused. Pray that God would open up doors of opportunity for you to share the gospel, for others to share the gospel. Allow the gospel to take deep root in your heart. And then lastly, he shares with us to prioritize our testimony. Prioritize our testimony. Look at verse number five. He says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. He says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Who's without? That word means not a part of the group. Those that are without are those who never received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And he tells us to walk in wisdom toward the lost. That's your testimony. That's the way you live. That's your lifestyle. That's your conversation. He says, walk in wisdom. What is walk in wisdom? It's a mindset. And the imperative of this mindset is wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to see from God's perspective. We are to walk in wisdom with the ability to see with God's perspective. In James chapter one, verse number five, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. You know, God wants you to see, for you to see with his perspective. Amen. He desires for us as believers to see through his eyes of grace. To see through his eyes when it comes to the lost. So the imperative in reaching out to people, we should desire to see people as God sees people. That's wisdom. Seeing others, those that are without, as God sees them. And God sees people through the eyes of grace. Listen, we must see people with a heart of love, with a heart of compassion, with a concern for their eternity. Too often we view people for their, for their, uh, for their political stance, for their race, for their social status, instead of truly seeing people as God sees them, with eyes of grace, seeing them for their souls. Walk in wisdom. Listen, that perspective ought to change the way that we live toward those who are without. Amen? 
It should lead us to, to live. Listen, show them who Christ is by your actions and by your attitude. He says, walk in wisdom, but then he says, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. That means, it, 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 it means seizing every opportunity. You know, you know redeeming, it's very interesting. Redeeming is a simultaneous participle. You're all like, what in the world? Just like what I was when I read it. But it's a simultaneous participle, which means that while we live or while we walk, we are to redeem. And so Paul is not saying here, you get to choose when to redeem the time. He says, no, as you're living this life, you are to be redeeming the time. As you walk in wisdom, you are to be redeeming the time. You are to be seizing the opportunities. You know, life is but a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then it vanisheth away. Moses said in Psalm 90, he said, so teach us to number our days. Why? That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. What was Moses saying? Moses is saying, God, would you remind me how short my life is, how short this life is on this earth so that I will walk with wisdom and I will see people with the time that I have left on this earth through your eyes, with your perspective, redeeming the time. Church, I, I have, I, I, one of my confessions to you this morning is I have not redeemed the time like I should. And it's something that needs to change. And I think we all need to examine ourselves. Are we redeeming the time that we have? Are we staying focused on the mission with the time that we have? Are we prioritizing our testimony toward those who are without with the time that we have left? But then verse number six says this, let your speech be always with grace. Let your speech be always with grace. You see, there's two things here when he, what that he's talking about. It's the substance of our speech. Grace should be the substance of our speech. Our speech to others should be characterized by the same kind of grace whereby God has dealt with us. Love, patience, sacrifice, and undeserved favor are aspects of grace which our speech should display. And when our hearts are bound in the gospel, our hearts are tied to the gospel of grace, then we will extend grace. It's not just the substance of your speech, it's also the subject of your speech. We are to speak of grace. What is God's grace? God's grace is that Jesus died for you and that he rose again. That means my church can't save me. My works can't save me. My religion can't save me. My performances can't save me. Following the 10 commandments can't save me. All of those things do. All that they can do is point to how awful of a sinner I am and how much I need God's grace. Tell 
others the gospel. That it is only through Christ that we can have eternal life. He says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. This is a, this word season is a perfect tense. This is interesting. It represents an action as already completed at the present time. What does that mean? It means that our speech should be seasoned with the gospel. Our speech should be seasoned with the gospel. Why? Because of the gospel, we are new creatures. Amen? Because of the gospel, we have a new outlook on things. Because of the gospel, we, have, we live a new lifestyle. Because of the gospel, we have a new speech that is seasoned with salt. Why? That ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. The parallel passage to this is 1 Peter 3.15. It says this, but sanctify, set apart, set apart the Lord God in your hearts. Meaning, make your primary focus for what you do, how you live, make your primary focus for those things, God. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. What does that tell me? Love God and that love toward God will show in how you live. And when it shows out in how you live, be ready to give an answer of that hope that is in you. Amen? When we love God and we set apart him in our hearts, when Jesus is first, it shows in the way we live. And when it shows in the way we live, be ready to answer those who ask of that hope that is in you. Listen, it shows us that yes, the way we should live is very important when it comes to leading people to Christ. But also, we must not separate it from speaking the mystery of Christ. We are to still share the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul's final instruction, you know what it does? This final instruction from Paul, you know what it does? It allows us to fulfill our purpose as believers. When we continue and we devote ourselves to prayer, and we're mission-focused, and we prioritize our testimony, we can fulfill our purpose that God has given us. Would you take this to your heart this week? Would you apply it to your heart? Listen, church, we need to be a people of prayer. Be a people of prayer that is focused on the mission that God has given us. And because of the gospel, allow the gospel to take so much deep root within your heart that you live the way you should around others and you prioritize your time. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.